Good morning, friends. Uh, welcome to Sequestered Church. Well, like many of you, we're inside, uh, perhaps watching online or maybe even listening online to church because of this coronavirus. My message today is called From No Win to Can't Lose. Maybe it'll speak to this situation, too. But I want to start by asking you to imagine being <clears throat> chased by a ferocious tiger. You run as fast as you can, but you come to the edge of a cliff. Glancing back, you see the tiger about to spring, but fortunately you notice a rope hanging over the edge, so you grab it and you scramble down out of reach of the tiger. But now as you dangle on the rope, you look down, and 500 feet below you see nothing but jagged rocks. You look up and see the tiger crouched and waiting, but you also see two hungry mice gnawing on your rope. Now what in the world can you do? It's a no-win situation, isn't it? But there on the face of the cliff, you notice a strawberry. Carefully, you reach out, pluck it, and eat the whole thing. Mm -mm 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 -mm. That's the most delicious strawberry I've ever tasted in my whole life. Now, I'll be honest, the first time I ever heard this story, I thought, that's crazy, it's impossible. There's no way I'd ever be able to do that, and I'm not sure I would even want to. Stopping to enjoy a strawberry in the midst of a crisis seems a little bit irresponsible, if not just downright crazy. Now, I deal with more than my share of growling tigers and gnawing mice and have spent a fair amount of my time dangling above jagged rocks, like all of you. And when I'm in that situation, my focus is on solving the problem, not eating strawberries. I think most people would agree, especially when we're faced with situations like today that seem to be almost no win. But you know, after leading the Israelites out of Egypt, Moses found himself on the banks of the Red Sea with Pharaoh's army rapidly advancing intent on dragging the Israelites back to a life of slavery in Egypt. This was a no-win, no-way-out situation. He was stuck between an army he couldn't defeat and a sea he couldn't cross. Now, as Moses surveyed the situation, I seriously doubt that he was thinking, man, I just love the beach at this time of the year. Isn't it a beautiful sunset? But then again, maybe he was. Now, the story I shared at the beginning may seem impossible, but it teaches us an essential truth that all Christ's followers need to learn. In order to get the most out of the Christian life, we need to learn to seize the gift of every breath of life. Even with the tiger above and the jagged rocks below, we must learn to pick the strawberries of each special moment and enjoy them. Here's what I want you to realize today. Learning to enjoy the moment in the midst of this storm we're in right now, this crisis, seems like a no-win, no-way-out is the only way to change your circumstances. But when you learn to live in the moment, problems lose their power over you. When you learn to live in the moment, you find that you become less clear-headed, you become more clear-headed in your decision-making, less emotional and more solid. When you learn to live in the moment, you find that the no-win, no-way-out situation isn't all what it seems. And you also learn the most important lesson a Christ follower can learn, that this isn't your fight. Now, certainly there are certain protocols that we're supposed to follow, but remember, friends, God is in control and he's ready to take care of you. I mean, some of you feel this way right now. You feel like you're facing a problem that's just too big for you and for this country, maybe this world to solve. You may think we're stuck with no hope at all. That it's a no-win, no-way-out solution. I want you to realize that it doesn't have to stay that way. In fact, you can go from no-win to can't-lose if you're ready to apply... Um, some of God, God's God-given mental toughness and spiritual discipline. But how do you do that? How do you learn to live in the moment, not in the future or the past? 
Now, I want to talk to you very briefly this morning about three attitudes that I think will help you get your mind off what might happen and help you to focus instead on what is happening right now. First of all, see life as a challenge. <clears throat> when you read the writings of the Apostle Paul, it's clear that he never expected his life to be easy. He understood from the very beginning that a life of following Jesus would at times be tumultuous. Yet some people think that the Christian life should be easy. Our sense of entitlement tells us, well, you shouldn't be so inconvenienced. You shouldn't be have to be locked in your own house. I mean, after all, you're a, you're a Christian. Your life ought to be easy. But you know something, friends, that's not part of the deal. Of the 3,000 plus promises God has given, none say, I promise to make your life easy. In fact, the Bible says the opposite in 2 Timothy 3.12. All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. 1 Peter 4.2 Do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, as through though some strange things were happening to you. Now, the follower, now the fact is um, that there will be showers of blessings, and there will certainly be um, greater things for God's people. But we also need to remember that problems and persecutions are part of the package. If you come to Jesus thinking that somehow this will make my life smoother or make my problems go away, you're in the wrong boat, buddy. There will always be problems. But like when the farmer said the problem with milking cows is that they don't stay milked, the same can be said of the problems. They don't stay solved. Many times we find ourselves saying, how can I enjoy this strawberry when I've got so many tigers and sharp rocks and gnawing mice? The future is too uncertain. The tests haven't come back. In fact, I can't even find a test. My loan hasn't been approved. My job hasn't come through. How can I enjoy this moment when I have so much to worry about? And then, you know what, we catch ourselves saying, someday when this problem goes away, I'll spend some time playing catch-up with my son. I'll take my wife out on a date. I'll go on a picnic with my family, but I can't do that now. I'm just, I'm just too stressed. Let me tell you something, friends. Someday never comes. Life is a series of challenges, one after another, and it will never be smooth sailing for long. Except the fact that there will always be troubles and trials and tribulations to deal with. Once you accept that, you've taken the first step towards learning to live in the moment. See life as a challenge. However, it's not just a challenge. You also need to, and here's my second point, see life as an adventure. As a basketball coach for 18 years before going to the ministry, I remember a game where the score was tied with a few seconds to go. We called our last timeout, and I remember one of my players walking into the huddle with a smile on his face, and he said, Coach, it's times like these that make you love the game of basketball. You know, I had to agree. Paul experienced much hardship in his life. He was beaten, robbed, stoned, shipwrecked, alone in the wilderness, alone in the desert, often hungry with no place to sleep and not enough clothes to keep warm. And yet, what was his outlook, outlook on life? Here we go, Second Corinthians 4, 8 and 9. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed and broken. We are perplexed, but we don't give up and quit. We are hunted down, but God never abandons us. We get knocked down, but we get up again and keep going. You see, for Paul, life wasn't about trying to avoid his problems. His ambition wasn't just to create a soft and stable lifestyle. Life was about the adventure of following God's will. He wasn't afraid of adversity. He just wanted to accomplish great things for God's glory. I mean, one time Paul and Barnabas were preaching in Lystra, and some enemies came into the city and incited the mob to move against them. But Paul was stoned and dragged out of the city, left for dead. 
other Christians gathered around him, probably waiting for him to die so he could give them so they could give him a proper burial. But Paul wasn't dead yet, and he wasn't ready to give up yet. He got his second wind, pulled himself up, headed back into the same city to continue preaching the gospel. Friends, the truth is most of us won't experience that much adventure. But I hope you experience enough to help you understand that life is to be experienced and not just endured. Life is an adventure. It's a roller coaster, not a merry-go-round. And when you accept that, it's easier to live in the moment. And third, see life as a win-win proposition. When Paul wrote the book of Philippians, he was facing uncertain times. He didn't know if he'd ever be released from jail or whether he's going to be executed. But what did he have to say about it? Well, let me read to you Philippians 1, 21 to 24. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I am to live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful labor for me. And I do not know which to choose. But I am hard pressed from both directions, having the desire to depart and be with Christ, for that is very much better. Yet to remain on in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. Now, all Paul is saying is, either way, I win. If I die, I go to heaven. If I live, I stay here and do the work that I was created to do. Either way is good for me. You know, friends, it's possible to have this attitude because we know that God cares for us and he watches out for us. We can put our trust in his sovereign power to direct the events of our life. We have his word on it. Romans 8.28, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. This verse is simply saying to you, friends, either way, you win. You know, sometimes the results of your prayers and the results of your efforts are far greater than you expected them to be, and you can thank God for those times. But sometimes it may seem like the results of your prayers and your efforts aren't what you hoped they would be. And yet the Bible promises that God will make it work out for your good anyway. This is why it's possible to enjoy that strawberry, even in the most threatening of times. It's possible because you know that God is at work in your life to cause all things to come together for good. I mean, you can look at that growling tiger and the gnawing mice and the jagged rocks and say, either God is about to perform a miracle or I'm about to be with him in glory. Either way, I win. You could look at an impending financial disaster and say, either God is about to provide a way out of this mess or he's about to give me the chance to start over and experience his blessings in a new, way, whole new way. Either way, I can win. Or you can look at the current health situation and say, either God is about to heal me or heal this world or heal this land or he's going to give us the grace to endure this challenge or he'll take us home. Either way, we win. When you understand that no matter what happens, you're going to win, God is going to take care of you. It's then that you begin to enjoy each moment and you see life as a win-win proposition. It's hard to live in the moment when you're overcome with problems. It's hard to live in the moment when you're afraid of tomorrow. But the good news is that you don't have to be fearful of what might come because God has promised to be with you. Until next time, see the vision, live the mission, and feel the passion.